Hey guys, thank you for downloading this Houston Dynamo themed episode of the podcast. We have a quick favor to ask of you guys. Go ahead and leave a rating, a review, and follow us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. We read out any five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, so if you want a free shout-out, go ahead and do that. And follow us too on Twitter, at Final Third Show, for some hot takes, some cold takes, some lukewarm takes, what have you. And yeah, enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back to the final third podcast. It's our Thursday deep dive episode. And, you know, it's MLS All-Star Week. We decided to talk a little bit about MLS, a particular team that I don't think is anyone's at the All-Star game from Houston. So unfortunately, no. But we are talking about the Houston Dynamo and their uh, skid towards the end, uh, the bottom of the table. And as always, my name is AJ Tabura. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm joined by Jack. Jack, how are you feeling today? Uh, pretty good. Excited to watch the All-Star Game and excited to hear about the Houston Dynamo from our guests here today. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of our guests, let's just introduce them right now. We got Colin and Luke, hosts of the Keeping Tabs podcast and admins of the best. Yeah, I'll say it. I'll say it. The best Houston Dynamo fan page on Twitter at Keeping Tabs pod. Gentlemen, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday uh, evening, I suppose? Doing great, man. We're glad to be on the show. Um, The Dynamo have been diving in the standing, but. And we're glad to just dive into some Dynamo. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, the Houston Dynamo are a historic club. They've won some trophies, uh, not so much recently, unless you include that U.S. Open Cup trophy back in the day. Uh, but I'm excited to talk, or we're excited to talk to you. We want to include Jack in there as well. Are you guys ready to talk about some Houston Dynamo? Are you guys ready for some warm-up questions? Hey, hit us up. Yeah, warm, right. hey, warm us up, AJ. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, let's get into it. We always like to hear more about... Uh, the guests that we have on their history with their respective clubs or their relationship with soccer. So we got three for you right here. Number one is, you know, pretty general. We asked this with every single one of our guests, how did you start watching soccer and more specifically the Houston dynamo? How did you end up on this depression roller coaster that you're on right now? So I'll go first. Uh, it started with the 2014 world cup. I'm a big U.S. men's national team supporter. And it was after the Tim Howard made, you know, 68 oh, yeah. against Belgium. That's when I really started to care. And then in 2015, 2016, that's when I hopped on the Dynamo. I figured I wanted to support a team locally, and I didn't know anything about MLS. All I knew was, you know, vaguely about U.S. men's national team's uh, soccer. So I got into Dynamo that way. And... Ever since then, I'd say I've been like I've watched about eighty-five to ninety percent of all the games. So, you know, and so how I got into it is I had always been a longtime fan of like every sports league, pretty much except the MLS. I will say I was never into the MLS for a good while, and I used to give Colin a lot of crap about it. Like, well, let's go. <laughs> you guys know the the like outside of the MLS, we like a lot of people see it as. This league, it's not as high as the Premier League. You know, they're not yeah. as much. It's not the best players. That kind of thing. So based on face value, that's what I kind of saw. 
three or four years ago. It's like, right? I guess, I'm changed now, so give me a break. <laughs> the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, it's the best league in what they do, and it's just hard to adapt to come to a league that's clearly not the best at what it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's – so pretty much we got into college together. We lived, uh, you know, dorms away, but we hung out all the time. And we came to an agreement one day that he would start watching professional tennis if I started watching the MLS and watching <laughs> And that was, I think that was before last year. Yeah. It was like halfway through a couple years ago. Yeah. And I went deep into Dynamo. I love the Dynamo now. Like, as bad as they are, I don't know. You, you know, they're <laughs> tell terrible. Them, tell them about that little bet that we made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, they're... Y'all speak on this bet for me, okay? Me, me and him make right, sure. I, I, uh, like, he thinks the MLS <laughs> will be the biggest sports league in America in 30 years. In and I 30 think, years. It's not possible. Like, the NFL is too big. All like, that needs to happen <laughs> is for the U.S. to win a World Cup. And I think, hopeful thinking, that the U.S. can win a World Cup within 30 years. And like even, and I think even with the World Cup, I mean, it's just the NFL is too big, you know. Yeah. Uh, back to the original question. Uh, <laughs> I now follow the Dynamo like any other sport. I've always wanted to get into the MLS. You know, it's a sports league in America. I was just it's, I was a scapegoat for him to get yeah, in MLS, and he yeah. got me into it. So that's how it is. Nice. Well, Jack, what do you think? Thirty years will will MLS be the top league in America? I, I, I have doubts over that, but you know, oh, I, I, I like the optimism. I like the optimism <laughs> we're going with here. All, all right. Things. All right. Well, I, I guess in 30 years, you'll know who's, uh, who's uh, winning that bet. Yeah. <laughs> who's going to be $1,000 richer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, second question for you guys, talking about a little bit more about Houston Dynamo specifically. If you had to pick one former Dynamo player in their prime to come play for the 2021 Dynamo and save their season or whatever, who would it be? Would it be like Brad Davis, Brian Ching, DeMarcus Beasley, uh, Albert Elise? Like, who would it be? I mean, I guess the, like, not fun answer would be, say, Albert Elise. Yeah. But I would probably go with Jeff Cameron. Okay, okay. Prime. Uh, you know, maybe, like, sauce things up a little bit. Who would you go with? Personally, like it's kind of an off the wall answer, like, but that one year of Mauro Minotas where he oh, yeah. was like a top ten striker in the league, like he was scoring left and right, you know, he didn't do a lot of assisting around him, but he was a scorer. And you bring that guy to this team, that's our biggest problem right now, is we can't score any goals. We haven't mm-hmm. had a single game this year. We've scored three goals. Like, <laughs> you know, that's crazy. <laughs> But that's that's who I would bring back. Mormonotes. All right. Both of them are still at least playing. Maybe not in their primes, but they're at least playing, right? Yeah. Jeff yeah. Cameron's at Cincinnati, I believe. Yes, yeah. And uh Mormonotes is at Club Tijuana in Mexico. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, get get him on the plane. Let's get let's get him back <laughs> to Houston, I suppose. Well, we uh, we don't want the Jeff Cameron now. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh the third question and final question. If you had to choose, and this, is, this might be a tough question, if you had to choose, would you rather see FC Dallas or Austin FC win the MLS Cup? Easy, FC Dallas. Oh, I was going to say easy Austin oh, FC. Oh, okay, okay. I don't like how they're, like, the Austin fans are already coming in complaining about how bad their team is. 
when we've been dealing with it for like 10 years straight now. Yeah. Like, you just got in the league. Like, calm down. Like, <laughs> the fans are annoying. And FC Dallas, at least I can respect them for being what they are, like a good developmental club. They are that's a good true, developmental club. So, I, mean, I, I thought it would be Austin FC, just because of the, like, crazy rival we've had with FC Dallas all these years. You know, Austin just got into the league. And, yeah, there's a great rivalry. And I bet it will brew more and more and more every year. But right now, like, I could never want FC Dallas to win. Like, I went to a game in Dallas, and it was, like, yeah, we, rough. Like, not going to lie. We <laughs> bad by the fans, not going to lie. Like, like, yeah, and we drove all that way, like, oh to see them lose, too. So. Oh, man, oh, that's no. tough. Like, that's, like, a five-hour drive, and we, like, took it, like, on a day trip. Yeah, and we took it and then drove It was, back like, a 7.30 game, 7.30 game. Oh, man. no, that's so tough. Yeah, the drive back, like, I don't think we said a whole lot. Like, yeah. <laughs> drive back. Yeah, sure. uh, oh, man. Well, I guess that's that's just what life is like for a, a Houston Dynamo fan. And you know, that's it for our warm up questions. And let's let's just get into Houston Dynamo and talk more about your guys' club. Jack, I'll let you kick off uh, just the general discussion about, I would say, Houston's mediocrity as of late. Yeah. No well, offense, of course. <laughs> None taken. <laughs> well, yeah, let's get right into it. So what do you think is causing Houston's consistent mediocrity? Because they're currently dead last in the West. They're winless in 14. And taking a step back, they've not made the playoffs in six of the previous seven years. So what do you think the issue is here? So obviously, the biggest number one issue is we are simply not a talented enough football team, all right? We do not have the DPs. You know, we got two DPs. One of them's an overpaid center back, and the other one doesn't play. All right? So that's got no – that makes zero sense right there. I think a lot of our guys, if you cut them from our team, like guys like Valentin, guys like Sarin, like I think Lundquist. it would be hard for them to find an MLS club. I really think. Oh, wow. Certainly not an MLS starting game, No. You know like, what I mean? Um, and it's like, we have this conversation all the time about our players where it's like, okay, who deserves to be back next season? It's like, does anyone truly like, we're going to finish last. Like we know we will yeah. like, and thinking like that, at least maybe we'll be surprised a little bit. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, you know, if we finish last two years running, which we're assuming we'll finish last, do, and does anybody deserve to come back? Like, really? Like. If Obviously. we really want to make a big change in the way that we do things, like, should anyone deserve to come back? Yeah, well, so we've got no talent. And now, where does that problem stem from? Does it stem from our stingy front? Oh, I mean, our stingy owners that don't pay any money, all right? You can say that that's the, the owner's fault, but then you can look at our GM. And, yeah, he's had a shoestring budget. Matt Jordan, you haven't had a lot to work with. But what you have had, you have made no big notable movements. Like I think if we fail to make playoffs this time, it will be 10 years with only making the playoffs once, which is unacceptable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's unacceptable. And Matt Jordan should have been fired four years ago. And an interesting quote that has been going around for a while is he worked at Montreal Impact or was, you know, Club Foot de Montreal, whatever. <laughs> uh, before he came to Dynamo. And when he came to Dynamo, the president made a quote or someone big in the club made a quote and said, oh, so the Dynamo won't be competitive in four or five years. And huh. 
that's been true. He's came in 2014, and yeah. And trust me, like, we've wanted to give Matt Jordan a chance. I think we've had a longer leash than most Dynamo fans with him. Seriously. You know, we got to meet him once at a at – a, Okay, well, yeah. It was a fan event. And, man, he was nice. Like, you can't say a bad thing about him like that, but he just brings in a lot of bus. Like, there's guys like Tomas, Tomas Martinez, Flea Mayor, Ronaldo Pena. All these guys were promised to be big-time starters yeah. in MLS. And, and the biggest one right now that's really kicking our butt is Mateo Bahamas. Yeah. Brought in okay. for almost two almost million. Two, that was supposed to be our immediate Elise replacement. We used every little last cent and then some that we got from Elise and then spent it on him. And he has made like what 120 minutes, maybe. Yeah, he's wow. barely touched. He's touched the field and he started where once. He had to start. He started one game when there was injuries and a red card to all result in him playing. <sighs> Just yeah. way overpay. Like that's his niche. Overpaying yeah. mm-hmm. for underperforming players. Oh, I was, I was gonna say like on that Matt Jordan uh, thread that you guys are going on, like, like. What makes him such a bad GM, do you guys think? Like, obviously, he's been there since 2014. You know, head coaches have come and gone, but the team still sucks. So I think, obviously, like, he is one of the main issues. Is he just, like, bad at evaluating potential signings? Or is he just refusing to spend on actual talent? Like, what makes him so, such a bad general manager? So he spends big on just players that shouldn't be spent big on. First player that comes to my mind, Kibo Torres. Okay. Seven right, million, right, yeah, yeah. And then didn't score in two seasons. He didn't score a single goal in two seasons. And, or like one and a half seasons. Like, didn't score a single goal. And another one that comes to my mind, he would be in charge of the drafts. We drafted Sam Junkwa, which no offense to him, he's been a great depth piece. But we drafted Sam Junkwa in the 2019 Super Draft, eighth overall, when Tejan Buchanan was drafted ninth overall. That's tough, that's tough. And it's like... We just, he doesn't have a good knack for the way the MLS runs things. He doesn't use Tam. He doesn't use Gam very well. Um, and he only had, we only have scouts in like, like we're Honduras FC pretty much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, he, he's very specific about where we are scouting players and all that just leads to not a good on-field performance with well, the players that we have. With Matt Jordan. All right. I'll, I'll give him his condolences. Like, he does work on a shoestring budget. The owners give him little to no money to work with, all right? But he does make a ton of mistakes. Like, I would say he's a one out of five guy. One out of five of the players he signs ends up being a really good starter. We Not had, a really good starter, but a starter. We had the, the highest paid center back in the league in Struna when we first got him. And he was supposed to be a top five center back Without question, that is the quotes. Yeah. I'm, I'm quoting him, top five center back. And then we let him go to Montreal. Well, he fell out of, you know. And he was bad. He was bad, too. Yeah. He, him and Tab had a dispute, and Tab sat in the last five games of the year. And then and the Tab, Tab isn't perfect either. No. We, haven't, we haven't touched on Tab. Yeah, I, I will say I have a little, little bit more. I think Tab can still maybe be the team, the coach of the year or the coach of the future. I would uh-huh. say he's more on the outs with Tab. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's very tough. There's a lot of things going wrong with the Dynamo. I, it's hard to pinpoint it on all on Matt Jordan. I just feel like with Matt Jordan being unquestionably gone after the season, considering his contract runs up, and there's just no way we're going to re-sign him, 
uh, it would just make the most sense for a proper organization to get a new coach and new GM at the same time and get them together yeah, in a sense. Pair them. Pair them together. So they, because Tab and Matt Jordan don't work well together at all. They both want one thing and they're both opposite of each other. Hmm. So it's, it's pretty obvious that Tab didn't want Mateo Bahamich, yet we spent $1.7 million on him. Yeah. I mean, and Tab's done the most questionable things imaginable, too, is Darwin Quintero. I mean, we don't even understand. He led our team in goals, assists. You know, he was one of the best players in MLS last year, and he hasn't played this year. Yeah, he hasn't started a single game. He's had healthy scratches from the lineup, not even the bench. Wow, that's crazy. He doesn't even make the bench sometimes, and he's our best player on the team, no question. And. In all honesty, he should never be the best player on a team that wants to make the playoffs. But the truth of the matter is, he's our most technical player. He is just our best player. The blame's not 100% on him. Maybe we could do better with a more talented squad, but that's something we've yet to know. As Minnesota United fans, we are well aware of Darwin Quintero and, uh, and you know, how he can be uh, <laughs> when it comes to manager relations. But... <laughs> Uh, you know, going into the players a little bit, because we've touched on on uh, what Tab Ramos got wrong a little bit, but going into the players, who have been the best players, if you can, if you can find one, uh, and the worst players, uh, if you can choose just one, I, I guess, <laughs> on that one, uh, this I season. We would probably both agree that Tyler Pasher has been one of our best. I mean, what would you say about I mean, that? Tyler Pasher, listen, like, He's probably had the most, he's been the most talented player. He's played well. You know, he's been injured about half the season, but he still leads the team, I think, in assists. And he's like second or third in goals. And, you know, but at the end of the day, our best player is a 27 year old USL product that he's really like, this is about his ceiling. <laughs> and no hate for Tyler Pasher. No. He obviously is very talented. He made the Canada Gold Cup roster and even put in some game. Yeah, uh, he even got to play some. Yeah, and he's 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 not untalented. He's not, you know, he's a good player, but he sh- he shouldn't be our answer. Like, no, he's he is nothing more than I mean, he's a star. Like, he could be a starter on a playoff team. He like, could, like, he could possibly, start start like, for a playoff team possibly. But he's asked to play as if he's our DP. Yes, and which, it's like that's the problem. Wow, it's not the yeah. fault that we are failing. We are asking too much from our players that are at USL level at best and an interesting thing to note uh our substitute right back Jose Bizama was loaned out to a USL club and has yet to even make the bench so that just shows like the kind of level that our depth is at so as far as bad players this season like seriously the list goes pretty lengthy (laughs) but I'll try and pick the top guys all right that have really, you know, Darwin Sarin comes to my mind. Darwin Sarin comes to the mind. Fafa, yeah, like honestly, has ah, yeah, or he, yeah. he has <laughs> no finishing product. He's fast and he, he is, is really fast and he has decent ball skills at times, but he does not make the right decision when it really matters. And he could have had four more goals. Easily. Yeah, he could have. He if could he have just had four more goals, if he could finish a little better. Yeah, but I guess that's why we got him for two hundred thousand. And we are also I mean? asking like, too much of him. Like he's our Arbor the least, essentially. <laughs> like, on and the, that's not. You shouldn't be making comparisons like that. You know. I always um, bring up this like anecdote. Like if if like a player like Fafa played on the right wing, and when he had like two DPS around him, like a DP striker 
and a DP center mid, then he could probably be all right. Like he, he could be yeah. like a good player, but he, we have too many role players on the team that yeah. just play roles. Gotcha. They don't offer yeah. anything more than what an average player could do. And we don't have any standout player in all honesty. We don't have any standout player. Like, no, I mean, obviously I would say another good player this year has been Tim Parker. He has been a, at least a, a solid point in the defense. Like I would say that that was a successful move. That was one of the five Matt Jordan moves he makes that is actually works out. <laughs> I think you Matias know? Vera has also been, you know, for a CDM, he scored, I think three goals this year, which, you know, okay, that, yeah. that's pretty, you know, and he also has an assist and he's never had an assist or a goal before the season. But so again, it says something about your offense when, you know, your CDMs having to score goals. He's exactly. having to come down the field and make something happen. I know? think one of the, it's hard to say this, but I would say Mimo has been among some of the bad players. Well, it's just he had improved every season, and it just seems like he's kind of starting to plateau a little bit. Like, which, which is, is he's still a starter in the MLS, but you know we're starting to see where his ceiling's at. You know, well, it sounds like a lot of these issues stem from you know tactical missteps from like Tab Ramos and also roster construction mistakes from uh, Matt Jordan. And so I'm going to assume that for the most part, you guys are okay with the tab out, the Jordan out movement. I've all seen your Twitter page. so I know that's true, but like, you know, Jordan's contract is ending the season. Is it imperative that they, they get fired like right away? Or do you think that they will at least finish out the season? Like what do you want and what do you think is going to happen? So obviously I think if we, we should fire Matt Jordan, I mean, it's already two and a half years too late, but every day we keep waiting is just another, I think if we fire Matt Jordan, you know, we can get started. We can show that we have a new direction after this year. If our new owner wants to make, uh, make the fan base, you know, side with him, the best thing to do would be at the very least let go of Matt Jordan after, you know, um, if we, I mean, if we drop points against y'all on uh, Saturday, yeah. I believe it is like, if we don't win that, that tie that we did against FC Dallas bought them just a little bit more time, <laughs> the tiniest little bit more of time. And but, we, were, we were losing at one point in that game too. Yeah. Right. We down. But it's just, uh, the team is just in a bad place right now. It's only getting worse, you know? We have, like, no real player that I can think of that would contribute for an MLS all – I mean, an uh, MLS Cup contending team. Yeah. Like, who would, yeah. we have any player that could – like I mean, it's like – They could Tim sub Bar- on for even Tim Seattle. Parker could be, like, the second center back on a team like that. Like, he couldn't be the number one center back on a team like that. He could be the second center back. Maybe. You know, it's things like that, you know. I, I was talking to Colin yesterday about uh, the Tab Ramos, Matt Jordan, you know, whether they are both on the rails. And I would say with Matt Jordan, 90% of the fans are wanting him out. I think, I think 100%. You know, I think it could be 100%. Anyone that knows about Matt Jordan and what he <laughs> Just hates him, yeah. Anyone that's not, like, just a show to the games doesn't know anything about the club yeah. type of fan. Like, if, if they're a real fan, they're on Matt Jordan now 100%. And it's, it's split about halfway. With Tab, yeah. I would say it's 50-50 whether somebody wants him fired or not. I mean, 
it could go both ways. I mean, Tab, his first year, I almost want to give him a mulligan on it because the pandemic, he mm-hmm. least was sold. Right. Minotas had a bad year and then was sold. You know, it was kind of just, it was a real tough year to put any coach into. Um, so I almost want to give him another year. You know, I am even on the fence about it. I mean, he definitely wouldn't get any more uh, any more leniency after this year if he's re-signed. I mean, yeah. if the season starts looking he's bad. Not, yeah, he's not getting a four-year extension. No. You know, he's not getting something like that. I, 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 I always say this, like, I say, like, even, you know, a dog that's in charge can finish last in the league. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like we will finish last again in the league. And that's two years running. You're both Tab and Jordan out. So who would you have to replace them? If you, if you can come up with a name, like, or if you have one off the top of your head. So an interesting thought is, I don't know his name, but he was the U23 coach for Mexico in the Olympics. And it's been reported, like, his name's been thrown out there that he would be coming to the Dynamo. Uh, it was like a recent rumor. But honestly, that just seems like more of the same, like a national team coach with no club experience coming in. And that just doesn't always translate. And most of the time, I feel like, it can translate negatively. So I can't give you a certain name, but I can tell you something that I look for that I would hope that we do is Atlanta United hired Seattle's assistant coach. Yeah, Rob Valentino. wasn't Mm -hmm. a huge name out there. He was just the right guy from a good organization that knew how to win. And that's what we need. At the very least, he could be a stopgap for a year, sign to a one-year deal, and see what happens. So see, we got to bring... I just want somebody tab this, this whole U23, you know, he coached them and they were great, whatever. He was, he has had a rough um, kind of transition in the club scene. I just, I want somebody with experience. I don't want somebody that's never been on a club before. I would would like somebody with MLS experience. I would prefer MLS experience. Someone that knows the ropes. Like, honestly, like, Understands the schedule, the, if for some reason, rotations, like, that kind of thing. If Columbus, um, let's go of Caleb Porter, like after the season, like at that point, like we would just like, run with our hands. I'd give him a one year deal. I mean, he won an MLS Cup. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'd give him. I'd give him a one year deal. See what happens. Like guys like that. Like we'll take the scrappings. If we we take the scraps of anything, our squad <laughs> was a bunch of leftover guys that teams didn't want. Like Maxi Rudy, Fafa Pico. Who else? I mean, you could, you could put Darwin Quintero Derek there too Jones, for yeah. Minnesota United. Darwin Quintero, he didn't start for the playoff. Tim Parker, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just Valentin wasn't one. Like we have a bunch of leftovers on our squad, and of course, that's going to translate to finishing last place. Well, let's talk a little bit more about improving Houston in terms of some off the field performances too, because you know, if we're being honest, Houston in the past couple of years. You know, when you guys opened the stadium, you know, people showed up last couple of years, a couple of thousand under capacity for your average attendance is winning games, you know, you know, moving past match order, moving past Ramos, perhaps, and like getting actual good players, you know, not just the scraps of other teams, but like getting good players and winning games. Is that going to be enough to get people interested in the Houston market? Because we know that like Houston in my mind, at least, is a sleeping giant. I think you guys have a good fan base. I think you guys have the potential to really tap into a, a, a very soccer-heavy city. 
is winning all that it takes to get the city interested or do you need something else like stadium renovations or another rebrand like what will it take so number one the most important thing is winning games obviously right then number two i would try to focus on honestly bringing in a former mexican national team player maybe a lower end current one like splash some money out there because the mexican population in houston is immense we need somebody who's gonna sell jerseys who's gonna get fans into the stands like a big name for everybody to kind of gather behind like like yeah and then then stadium renovations would be also a good idea because there's no roof over houston one of the yeah, the scum, the, 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 one of the scummiest cities in the U.S. The most humid. Yeah. <laughs> and Especially when we were having to wear our masks all the time. It was so we, hot in there. We brought our whole friend group uh, last year, the start of the 2020 season, for the first game, LA Galaxy versus the Dynamo in uh-huh. Houston. And we have just a specific memory of being absolutely miserable. And, you know, we were both, you know, more pale individuals so we were, <laughs> we were getting burnt yeah. out there yeah and we were just thinking there should be a roof yeah there should definitely be a roof uh not that that's number one on the agenda no 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 of but course yeah, yeah. Going back to going back to um you know what you were saying is it just winning well i've watched the astros over the last seven years go from a terrible team that didn't sell any tickets and tickets were five bucks a pop. And, they had a plan. Though. And now they're sold out. You know, I remember going, we went to a game on the same day. There was an Astros game. Yeah. We had, you know, less than 10,000 people. We had, we didn't have any close no. to 10,000 people. We probably it was still COVID protocol though. But to be fair, Astros, they have no problem selling tickets, you know? Um, right. I do think it has a lot to do with winning. It, 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 it also has a lot to do with, if there's a projected plan, if there's a clear path that we're going on, then we can say, all right. Something to get behind. Yeah. Yes. It took the Astros around three years to stop finishing bottom. And then they were very clear with the fan base. They said, three years, three yeah. years, give us three we're, years we're and we will build a winning squad. And then in 2017, we won. <laughs> yes. So, and, but going back a little more, um, I don't think that the Houston would have any problem selling tickets if we were even just a playoff team. Yeah. Like, I think we would be above average in like, attendance. If we were just, like, an RSL of the league, but I think. like We also, you know, I do give them a hard time. We are going through an ownership change. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how much weight is really put into that, but hopefully this new guy, Ted Siegel, comes out uh, running and comes out and gets big players, finds a way to get fans back in the stadium. Yeah. You know, we went to that opening day. Uh, a couple years ago, the the LA Galaxy game and the stadium was sold out. Mm-hmm. It was rock and it just felt right. Everything was, yeah. you know, it was loud. It, it was, was a just, good a good vibe. You started talking a little bit about uh, the ownership in in there. So you know, around the fan base, what's kind of the general feeling about the new ownership? Like, do you do you or other fans think it'll lead to positive changes or just more of the same? We are keeping our hopes low. And that's <laughs> wow. very, like in a pessimistic type mood because nothing ever really goes right in recent history with the Dynamo. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's just there for the money, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he's not there just for the money. But we've yet to seen it. Uh, he hasn't had a full transfer window yet. 
a lot of questions are going to be answered this offseason. Yes, all right? that's a We're good way to We're going to see if this ownership is okay with being the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. All right, Gabriel Brenner obviously was okay with it. Yeah. He was there to hold on to the club. Uh, he, he wanted to make the money with the club, and then he wanted to hold on to the club long enough for that big $300 yeah. million dollar sale. Yeah. You know? And to his credit, he did it. I guess you could call it a success, but the team was certainly bad underneath him. Um, Ted Siegel has said the right things. He yes. said he's going to come but in. But he needs to put his money where his mouth you know, is. And he's, we signed a DP center back on his first day. Like, so I don't know. It kind of seemed like an appeasement move just to kind of say, here, fans, I signed a DP. Relax a little bit. There um, are reports coming out that Ted Siegel has had a, a conversation with Tab personally uh, after a home loss to Colorado. Uh, there are reports that he talked to Tab personally after the game. And we don't know what was said, but I had to had to be like, you need to start winning or you're going to be gone, you know? Well, it's plain and simple. Like, we need an owner that's not, that's not okay with losing. That is here to build a winning soccer. Mm. I mean, in right. terms of, like, other owners, I don't think he's up there in, you know, net worth. I don't think he's a crazy, like... Yeah, he's not like, some crazy billionaire or anything like that, but... He's like a real estate developer yeah. and whatever. You know, I, it doesn't matter to me. I just know no. you have, he's got to commit money, right? It's getting to that point in the MLS that you have to commit money to be. I mean, Atlanta teams like Atlanta United and even, you know, in some players, Minnesota United. Right. Uh, yeah. Like y'all are even among their spending, you know, chunking out money for big name players. And we just are not on that train yet. And we're always slow to arrive. So, and yeah, the fan base, I would say I'm not expecting much because it's always, it is always better with the Dynamo to keep your hopes low yes. and be surprised. Yes. Then rather <laughs> and be disappointed. And just be so disappointed. So that's where we're at. So we are very, very skeptical. Yes. Okay. And not a lot of optimism, but... We would I hope to be yeah. proven wrong yeah. and to be pleasantly surprised. Exactly. Well, I think, oh yeah, go ahead. I just, I'll, that, I think that's just a general consensus okay. with the fan base. Yeah. Well, thinking a little optimistically, uh, I, I know that might be hard to do given like the current situation at hand, but what would you want to see like this upcoming off season to make you believe in Ted Siegel and believe in this ownership? Cause you have moves right now, like, Corey Baird and uh, Teenage Hadevi. Uh, and those are, you know, all right moves, but like what needs to happen in order for you to be fully on the Seagull train? I think to spend like three to $5 million on a real top 15 player in that position at the minimum, top 10, really, if I'm being honest. <laughs> and top 10 player in their position, really splash out for a star. And make other upgrades where necessary. Um, personally, for me to be fully sold on Ted Siegel, like heads are going to have to fall this yeah, season. That's Matt a good Yeah, yeah. Got to be fired. Yeah. If Matt Jordan is not fired, all hope is well, lost. <laughs> His contract actually ended in 2020, but because of the pandemic, we gave him a one-year contract extension, which, uh, by the way, uh, was a real dagger. Yeah, and if he's somehow not fired, like I honestly like I put up with another year of Mad Jordan, and I said to Colin way back on the podcast before this season started, I said 
I will not give, I will not say a bad word about Matt Jordan if we make the playoffs. Yeah. I will not, I will not say a bad word. But if he doesn't, I will hold him solely responsible. We've man. been in rebuild mode for years, and Too we've long. never been able to. I mean, even in 2017 when we made the playoffs, we were such a dark horse. We were we were just it overperformed. Took us just going undefeated at home. Yeah, and we were terrible on the road still. And yeah, we made the playoffs, but man, like, what is it? What is what was that stat I told you? Like, out of the last like couple years, we've only won like oh, ten, our, ten away games. What was it? Our road record. I don't remember exactly, but our road record is insane. I don't know how Minnesota how they perform on the road, but like we're terrible. Like, yikes! Like. It's, we hope for a, a tie on the road, you know? We like, are diehard pa- fans. We are part of that, like, top percentile of fans. And we're not, like, tooting our own horns. That's just the truth. <laughs> and even it's it, – it is hard to watch Dino games right now. And so we know with that that there's no hope for new fans. Yeah. So the only hope that we have for new fans would be to chop off the heads of those that deserve it and yeah. show them you have to show that we're not okay just being a bad team and we need to sign a real bona fide dp like mm-hmm. reynoso like i would be fine with yeah. a player around that quality yeah yeah for sure yeah well you know that's that's the perfect segue into uh kind of kind of the wrap up question here because uh you know this weekend uh, the world famous Dylan Wolpers Derby is happening uh, between our two teams, uh, Houston Dynamo and Minnesota United. So, what what are you thinking for a scoreline prediction? We talked about this a little before, but why don't you tell everyone else uh, what you're thinking? If I'm being honest, like I cannot <laughs> imagine us winning this game. Like I know, like oh, and we looked at tickets; they're like seven bucks. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Like, Yikes. people are one of the games, you know. Hopes are not all-time low. I mean, this is usually when the Dynamo just win a game randomly. Like, so that could happen yeah. as well. Like, I mean, that's how the Dynamo are. It's like when hopes are at an all-time low, like that's when the Dynamo somehow come through. They'll come through a little. Like, I'm going to go ahead and say either a 0-0 draw or a, oh, a 0-1 loss. Yeah. Us. I'm feeling like... I'm feeling probably, yeah, like a 1-0 or 2-0 loss. Like, you know, always we're always, especially with our score predictions, we are always pessimistic because yes. we have been proven wrong. Yeah. So we look times. like clowns. When, <laughs> it's, it's never a safe bet to say the Dynamo will win a game. It's, no, yeah. Not even at home. It's not a safe bet. What are y'all, what are y'all thinking? What do y'all game? think? Yeah, well, Jack, I know Jack, unlike you guys, is always like optimistic with his with with his teams, at least uh, always backing them. And I I think at least for this game, it it would be well founded, Jack. What what is your prediction? It's it's really tough, actually, because like we don't win that often in Houston. We we really don't. The heat gets to us, you know, up here. It's like cold half the year. So I think that gets to us quite a bit. But. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be optimistic and say it'll probably be like a scrappy 1-0 win for Minnesota or something like that because we can't seem to score goals either, like the like the Dynamo. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to go for one to zero for Minnesota. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a one-one draw 
just because, you know, Jack just mentioned, I, I completely forgot how hard it is for players to play in the Houston humidity, the heat. I think, I, I think there was like a survey done with all the players uh, back in the day. And they said that Houston is the, their least favorite away trip just because of the heat. So if anything, that's just going to bog us down and give you guys at least some advantage going into the yeah. game. Yeah. We'll take whatever. Yeah, we we'll can take get. whatever. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to have like the fan advantage. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. We're we're having trouble selling tickets right now. Yeah, yeah. and how I can't blame them. Like I can't blame. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Well, hopefully with all of your guys' recommendations, you know, moving on from Jordan, you know, getting some some investment into ownership. You know, I, I'm sure they they're going to turn to you in order to get oh, some okay. advice on how to run this team. Yeah. Probably run it better than Jordan, if I'm being honest. <laughs> we'll, be, well, we'll be first the double GM. We'll be yeah. the first double. I was GM. telling you, I was like, well, how do we get a GM interview? Like, do we just yeah. like, go apply at the stadium or like? How does that work? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, go ahead. Just on LinkedIn, you know, just uh, yeah. just type in yeah. GM Houston yeah. Dynamo. No experience needed, you know. Just... Yeah, no, yeah, that's what it seems like at least. Yeah. <laughs> well. Are you guys going to go to the Minnesota United uh, Houston game? Or are you staying home? I unfortunately work in 11 to 7 on Saturday. Ah. So I will be running home to watch us yeah. lose 2 to 0. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I also that's always work. nice on a Saturday night, you know? Yeah. It's been a while since we've been, it's been a while since they won. Like, hey, we're busy. Kind of <laughs> like, it's been like, I think coming close to 90 days yeah. since. Yeah. Last one, it's crazy in a seat, like, but while we're in the season, like, you'd think it would have been the off season, you know. We've also like, broken the club record for the amount of consecutive winless games. We're on par to beat the Metro Stars, who have the longest streak, which is like 19. I yeah, think. so oh, we are on par to beat them, and I hope we do because we can win something at least. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you guys can at least least win one trophy this year. So that'd yeah, be good. the wooden spoon we're hoping. Oh yeah. It's like this too. <laughs> it up in our little cabinet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. It was a great conversation learning about Houston because, you know, we, we don't really hear a, a lot about Houston because, you know, MLS media doesn't really talk about them because they're not as, you know, sexy as Atlanta or LA. So it's, it's nice to hear some, some independent voices talk about the Dynamo, talk about a team they love. Again, thank you guys for coming. Uh, do you have any uh, Twitter account and anything to, to plug for our listeners? So you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter. That's at Keeping Tabs Pod. Uh, and you can also follow us or go listen to our uh, podcast on SoundCloud, which is Keeping Tabs Pod. Yeah. And guys, thank you so much for having us on. It really has been a pleasure for sure. Um, it's he's been great talking some soccer with you guys. For he's sure. been Luke. <laughs> I've been, yeah. And I've yeah. been Colin. <laughs> That's it. <yeah. laughs> All right. Thank you guys again. Thank no you. problem. Thanks to the Keeping Tabs podcast for coming on here. It was great talking with them. Really, really fun. Really, really genuine. Uh, really nice guys, you know. Uh, one of the most conversational uh, interviews yeah, I think great. we've had, which was, which was really fun for us. So, uh, but yeah, I, I guess... I, I, I probably went out of order, but, you know, where can people find us on, on social media? You know, on Twitter, <laughs> at, at Final Third Show. We messed up the order. It's all right. It's all right. But at Final Third Show, you can vote on game predictions to play against us for our u- usual weekly predictions episodes. See if you can beat us. 
A new season just kicked off, so right now listeners are at a one-loss deficit, but it's early on in the season, you know, anything can happen. And get some bad takes, some good takes, uh, hot takes, cold takes, all kinds of takes on there. Milkworm takes, you know? I think you mean lukewarm takes, not That is what I meant, thank you for for (laughs) that. (laughs) Yeah, and also uh, follow us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. I'm sure there's like a million different podcasting platforms. You might be listening to us on a rock. I don't know. I don't know. Tell a friend that you enjoy the show. Uh, tell your dad that you enjoy the show. We're going to see you guys next Monday for our news and prediction episode. I can already tell that it's going to be a great one. So keep an eye out for that or an ear out, I suppose, to podcast. And we'll see you guys same time, same place next week for our deep dive episode. See ya. Bye for now.